grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So recalling the ascension of our Lord and seeing a baptism makes it busy for a pastor to start with. But it also gives a lot, a lot of room to celebrate lots of wonderful things. Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the Father with all things beneath his feet. Except St. Paul says also today, it's given to him to be had over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. What a great blessing has come to, in baptism to Eloise. You've not contracted life for her. You've expanded life to the highest of heavens with Jesus. She has been joined in the death and resurrection of Christ by the proclamation of repentance and forgiveness of sins in his name. This is God's grace, as Jesus says, going out to the world, to all nations, but today given to Eloise by water and the word. As the disciples returned to Jerusalem, you know, after the ascension, they went back with great joy. We return to the church to bless God and praise him for the success he works by the gospel. And for Zion members, this has been a great blessing because even last month we had a baptism as well of a baby. But we'll take adults too. Now, Ascension Day actually falls on Thursday, taking place 40 days after Easter. It's the least known event among Christians right up there next to what was his transfiguration. If those two words kind of throw you off, Ascension and transfiguration, you can go look them up. The small catechism explains the Ascension's value under the second article of the creed, we confess of Jesus that I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, just as he has risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. There is the ascension. The past couple of Sundays, our gospel text has been from John chapter 14, and it had a lot of emphasis on the word ask. Jesus said, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it again. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. All this becomes accessible finally after the ascension of our Lord. The ascension of Christ is God's way, now as man, fulfilled, glorified, and serving his church. So God's way is to bless. A hard thing to figure out, but now it rests in very good hands. God's way is to bless. As you know, Luke ends his gospel account with the ascension of Jesus. No other gospel writer does that. Only Luke. But it's not without first noting the comfort of what it means for Jesus to ascend. The disciples were led out to Bethany by the Lord, right? And Bethany was the place of the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives should ring a bell because this is where Jesus processed into Jerusalem riding on a donkey not too long ago. 
Only this time, it was not going to be a glory of a sacrifice on the cross for sinners. Now it was going to be glory in a far different way. The crucified and risen Jesus was blessing his disciples. Baptism by John began Jesus' ministry to be Savior. Everybody knew who Jesus was when he was baptized by John. But the ascension ends his public ministry, and it shows that he is the Lord who loves to bless his people. God is God who blesses, and we know this throughout the Old Testament, but now it's in the hands of Jesus. Blessing from God is about giving the ability of success or favor before life. That's given to Eloise, but it's a far better way than just the way we think of success and favor. Abraham received that kind of a blessing from a mysterious priest of the Old Testament. You mentioned his name, Melchizedek, today in the introit. Far later, the Lord established the way of his blessing with the hands of Aaron and his sons. That would be the priests. That would be blessing Israel. The ascension finally leaves no doubt over God's way of blessing, for it comes from Jesus. This blessing tied to the crucified and risen hands of the Lord who loved sinners, fulfilled the promise of why God wants to even bless and why he can bless at all. It comes through his son, who's given himself up for us all. The ascended Jesus left blessing them and continues to bless by the public ministry he gave to his church. So you call pastors and get what pastors get to do. They get to bless. How do we do that? Wait to the end of the service. The Lord bless you and keep you, right? How do we do that? Think about the blessing we gave in baptism today. How do we do that? Think about when it happens during a Christian marriage. Think about when it happens when you go to a graveside of a baptized Christian. You bless the grave. It's not coming from man, but God's goodness toward his people throughout all our life. The ascension proves Jesus' status is to bless and keep on blessing unlike any other because he is seated at the right hand of God the Father. So God's way is on high, kind of way beyond what we can even grasp of things, but now it includes our humanity, what's up above. Other times when Jesus came after his resurrection, you know how he came. He came when he willed it. He was there sometime with the road to Emmaus, and they didn't know him until he wanted them to know him. He would appear and kind of shock them as he chose during that time of his Easter triumph. But the ascension is not a disappearance, but a departing event before the disciples. Easter has changed not only earth with an empty tomb, but Christ's saving work as the eternal son returns to his father, but now in a different way. God's son became a human being. You know the Christmas story. He became man to be a sacrifice for humanity, to redeem us 
from a life in darkness and death. And we know that Jesus' victory of his cross was salvation for a sinful humanity, and it's lifted up before God. While Elijah, you might remember him, was whisked away by chariots of fire, he really didn't have much of a choice in the matter. When it came, it was done with, and he was gone. But Jesus' ascension was not about heaven taking charge over a man. No, the disciples saw how this man was God. The Son was receiving heaven. Even further, he was to sit in the glory that was equal to the Father. It all sounds fanciful but not when we bring the ascension of Jesus back down to earth. God became man to die and rise for our humanity. It means that sin, death, and Satan undervalues human life, and we see that so well today as we try to divorce God and man when it's the one man lifted upon the cross who has done all good things for man. We're undervaluing humanity. And thus we undervalue Jesus. This is why Jesus' sacrificial giving reigns in his church. So like he said, it would be before the world to have repentance and forgiveness of sins to be proclaimed his name to all nations. Jesus, as a perfect man, returns the image of God that Adam lost to trust how God forgives and life is good for any. And yet this new Adam, having ascended, has given more to our humanity. St. Paul says these wonderful words in 1 Corinthians, just as we were born of the image of man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. Not that we'll be God, but an eternal value and place is for us in Christ, for you, for humanity. Even as he is our high priest in heaven praying for all of us, but also from him the Holy Spirit comes. Pentecost is next Sunday, and the Holy Spirit comes to renew humanity in our time and space. It is to hear the gospel of sins forgiven all our days. And so after a baptism, I didn't do the invocation of God's name. We did it in the back of the church. Once you do it, you don't keep saying it again. You have his name, but we do confess our sins again. We do that because God wants to forgive. And Eloise is going to learn that all her days too. And mom and dad have the harder part every day to bring her back to Jesus. God's way is dominion, finally. And now it means that dominion is Christ with us. The disciples worshipped on the Mount of Olives, but great joy they brought back to be at the temple blessing God. Some falsely 
diminish Jesus today by his ascension, claiming him to be absent from life. So some teach that when Jesus ascends, he's stuck there in heaven. Like he's there, he cares, but he can't get too close anymore. Except how could the disciples return to the temple with great joy if they had less Jesus? They were just going to be seeing Jesus in a different way as he had promised that they would see him. So instead, the ascension tells us how expansive the presence of God has become in Christ for us. Jesus certainly is in charge. And great joy was waiting to see how he would be present in a greater way than the temple. The temple was the biggest thing in the Old Testament. Something bigger had come in Christ. The disciples would witness how the Holy Spirit You know what would happen. He'd shake things up a bit a few days later, about 10 days exactly. And you know where it would be at? Not the temple, but in a house where the disciples were gathered together. Jesus answered God's service at the temple by his once for all sacrifice. But his ascension would draw him closer to his church. Heaven above is with him. But Jesus Christ brings heaven to us. It happens by him present, not kind of how we feel it, or sort of as we try to explain it, but fully as God and man, as he says he would be, very clearly, in the Lord's Supper. This is my body, this is my blood, given and shed for you. Nothing binds Christ from this service of love that he gives his church and strengthens our life in him. Christ's dominion is an ascended glory guiding history. And so this is where you got to be careful in our times. It seems like everything's out of man's hands. And I say, good. It belongs in one hands, who I know have been crucified, who's ascended, and who will take care of his church, and will see it through with the gospel. With the same glory, he will return in the last day to give all who believe in him. And yet, don't forget, domain is kind of like where you work, right? I mean, you know, uh, so you have dominion. But domain is where Christ is there in the Holy Word and sacraments. Not personal preferences, but to be his faithful service. Want me to sum it up for you? You got an awful lot of Jesus today here at Zion. Through baptism, through confession absolution, through the Lord's Supper, and through the preaching of Jesus' Word. You got the full gifts. And I'm glad Eloise could experience it too. She doesn't got to know it all. Jesus is doing it all for all of us by grace. And so ascension is Easter to the heights of Christ's exaltation. And so we say visible and invisible. As the saints and angels worship him who sit on the throne in glory with the Father, the ascended Lord told St. John in the book of Revelation, which was written much later, But he says, the one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, 
as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. And so beyond all earthly life, all earthly struggles, frustrations, concerns, a man reigns as God with God, having redeemed our humanity. His day draws near, and through Christ, God's way is fulfilled, glorified, and yes, serving his church. To leave the ascension is to affirm one last time, and you'll see me extinguish the ascension candle later at the end of the service. The baptismal candle is lit for a baptism. It should be extinguished earlier today, but we had a baptism, so you light the candle. We light the candle during Easter because Jesus is risen. That's why you have life from the baptism that Christ has given to us all. And when we have a Christian funeral, the candle gets lit again. You see how it works? And so when they left the ascension, we get to affirm one more thing. You gotta wonder, we don't know. They didn't say it, but we get to say it one last time as you walk away from that promise. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. Peace be to you, brothers and sisters, in love with faith from God, the Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. At this time, we make confession of the one